Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Behold, 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 a Pale Podcast. What's that in the sky? What's that, that, that glowing, that glowing cylinder? What is that? There's another one that's coming out of the distant ocean from afar. I see it. It could only be some UFO, some unexplainable, you know what I mean? We got some sightings live and direct. Everybody out there, Alexander included, has now witnessed an official sighting, you know what I mean? So you can always tell the story of this day. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're, uh, we're Behold Appeal Podcast. And we have a great guest with us this evening. The wonderful Ethan Rogers is with us. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Love coming on and talking to you guys. Anytime, dude. It's always a pleasure. Great dude. I remember we had you on uh, Mostly Ghostly, I believe, earlier this year. And uh, that was a great discussion on life and death, baby. Life and death. And taxes. Can't forget the taxes. (laughs) Can't forget. The most important part, people say. So uh, this, is a, this is a cool episode, you know. We met Ethan in the last handful of years through the, the film community. Yep. You know, he, came, he came and acted in one of our short films. And, um, yeah. You yeah, know, that was a blast. Was you a guys blast. are a lot of fun to work with. You're, you're great to talk to. And uh, I love what you guys are doing right now. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun to be here. Thanks for having me uh, on, on Behold a Pale podcast. Awesome, awesome. So we'll, we'll jump right on in it. I mean, uh, I know when we, we, we first talked, we kind of were contemplating what the perfect kind of discussion point would be, the theme of the show would be, and uh, UFOs came up, you know. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's yeah, a hot button topic. They floated on up, you know. You know, they zip on in, zip on out of the conversation. That's <laughs> a beautiful thing. Uh, the, 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 as we prefer them to do, you know. 
yeah, you know, it's best if they don't hang out. Um, or maybe it wouldn't be. I don't know. Like at this point, 2020 and 2021, like maybe we should just let them do it. <laughs> maybe they, they, uh, they got their deep, their hands are deep into it, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got, Could Alex, be. we got Alexander in the background, you know, in case we get too real with it and we get beamed up, Alex will be here to finish the show. Ah, uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll take the reins if uh, the little green men show up and and take away your stinky sho- socks, like the in Married with Children. <laughs> All the grays. Oh, uh, the grays. Yeah, they came out. Uh, fifty-seven. I know there was a gentleman from the military that came out and said that they cataloged fifty-seven like species. Of alien, three of them were gray, and the rest of them are all humanoid-like, which is an interesting. Yeah, take. you know, you, you've got uh, there's this there's that report. There was another book that was published, or allegedly, it's out online. Grain assault time, um, and it's allegedly from Russian intelligence talking about all the different alien species that we've come in contact with, and you know, kind of breaking them down a little bit uh, to the best of their knowledge. You know, like I look at life on Earth. And, you know, if you, the myriad of different ways life has evolved and adapted on earth. And it's just like, okay, the universe has got to be full of a whole bunch of weird looking shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm surprised they don't get more into like, um, like, uh, the microscopic type things. And we got, we got a good friend of the show, Mike Calvin, who uh, who shot DJ Stan the Man, and I remember when I talk about UFOs and aliens with him and stuff. He was he was um, convinced that aliens are here, and he says what we kind of know of them to be is more more like a movie thing. Like the Greys are more of a movie deal, and he thinks that they're like if you're like when you go in the you walk through the woods, you see a little swamp area, and you see this the weird organisms that grow in the water and stuff like that. And, you know, the little things you see floating around that they're not fish, you know what I mean? They're not insects They're You don't know what they are. You know what I mean? They're just these weird microscopic type. It's like uh, the crazy things that would be like, it's almost like disease in a way. Like when you see, kind of. you know what I mean? It's a scary thing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know the way I look at alien. I mean, we had the UFO report come out uh, earlier this year. Um, I've been following UFOs and aliens for, for an incredibly long time. Um, it's interesting to have watched the conversation become more serious and less fringe because it used to be that if you said you were, you saw a UFO or you were abducted by aliens or you believed aliens might exist, man, you could be, even in your own circle of friends, yeah, you know, you're the weirdo, you're mocked, you know, and then, you know, that has an impact on you. And then in society, you could lose your position at your job or so it's interesting to have watched the conversation shift into a far more serious tone mm. because now it feels like professionals and the average person can actually come out and say that they have seen these things. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, we on this show we did an episode called uh, like the ex ex uh, out UFO uh, in, uh, investigators or something like that. I forget the name. Of, uh, I'm really bad now. That's terrible. I forgot the name. But <laughs> the gist of it is, it was a bunch of scientists. I think it was ex uh, yeah, yeah. ex out uh, scientists is what we uh, 
you talked about. Mm. Yeah, there was a UFO one that I I found, like, ashamed of myself. I don't know why I care. It's X'd out something, UFO something. I think it was the first one we did, and it was all the people that back in the day supposedly, you know, blew the whistle. UFO whistleblowers, that's what it was. Yeah. And um, it was a list of these folks that, uh, unfortunately, you know, their deaths were really mysterious, and they were people that were, like, big-time whistleblowers on it. And we talked about how interesting it is that, like, you know, 40 years ago, people were getting killed for the things that we just openly talk about on a podcast nowadays. I know. that's that's It's wild because, you know, there's the, there's the classic arguments that, you know, you know, you don't want to cause a panic. Yeah. Okay. World War II, Churchill and uh, Eisenhower allegedly sat down and hashed it out after a whole bunch of Foo Fighters got reported. Mm. And they said that it would cause a panic. You know, okay, I get that. Um, now, it doesn't seem like they have that much to lose. Yeah. You know, it feels like, it honestly feels like they had a whole bunch to gain by keeping it quiet up front. And now, it's, maybe it's an inevitability. Maybe they're going to do it regardless. Who knows? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's strange to have watched the conversation shift so much. Shift so much. I think that it just got so big. I think that's really what it was because it became pop culture to a point. Yeah, it started off whistleblowing. It became you know ETs and stuff like that, and now everybody knows about it. And they, I think they really were trying to keep it hush hush in the beginning. And once it kind of got you know, and it got into the media and into entertainment, you know, it's easier to kind of control how you want it to be looked at. If you know what I mean. But like yeah. it's, out, it's out there now. I think that's a stance they took is like, well, it's out there now, but we can at least try and guide the way people perceive these things. You know what I mean? Through those, through, you know, entertainment and such. Oh, good luck, man. I, I, I kind of feel like a government, <laughs> our government doesn't really know half as much as they want us to think that they know. For sure. You know, I think maybe they're a lot more in the dark about this than than they'd like to admit. And because of that, they keep it hush-hush. You know, they don't keep it hush-hush because they know everything. They keep it hush-hush because they don't. And more importantly, not knowing what it could be threatens their monopoly on coercion. Yeah. One of the first lessons I learned in, you know, politics or whatever it is, one of my intro to politics in college, one of my co- politics classes, was that governments have what's recognized as a, mon- a monopoly on coercion. You know, they can pull you over, arrest you for not doing your taxes. You know, they have this agreed upon monopoly on coercion. Okay. We all buy into that. Um, if there's a species of life out there that you can't explain that can traverse the vastness of space, that threatens your monopoly on coercion. Yeah. You know, why would you want to give up that? You wouldn't, yeah. You know, I mean, you're not gonna. I mean, if if the average person could make an appeal to this alien civilization for help instead of having to go through their government, then why wouldn't we? Well, don't don't they say society's like forty years behind in technology from what they can actually do, or something like that? Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. To how do we actually know that though? Where are these people? Show me the people. You're telling me that there's all these thousands of people working on this stuff all the time. 
and no one's written a tell-all book with pictures and videos. Like you've got guys who who shot Bin Laden, you know, the yeah. most professional hit team on the planet, essentially, yeah. who's supposed to keep it quiet, not saying quiet professionals. Two years later, oh, I'm the guy that pulled the trigger. Right. You're telling me that if there wasn't a space station and aliens and all this other shit, it wouldn't only be Bob Lazar coming forward? Well, I mean, there's plenty of people. He's probably one of the more, like, respectable ones. You know, there's plenty that come forward, I feel. Should, to go back to what you were saying, I mean, there's that 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 crazy nut factor that the disbelief that people have when they hear things like that. I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm essentially I've got like, I'm two of two minds on the subject because yeah. maybe it is so big that all these people say, Holy crap, we do have to keep this quiet. Yeah. It was well, a power thing too. You got to admit that it's knowledge is power. So just like, no, you know, it's like, you don't want to give show too many of your cards. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we are, we are, we are having a big, Go fish game with, with the yeah. G-Max dude. <laughs> I think for real. Everybody thinks they have a... Uh, my biggest problem, I guess, I, I, my biggest problem with the alien conspiracy theory, yeah. and it's any conspiracy theory, really, is, you know, there's very few answers and always more questions. Yeah. You know? Um, and there's very limited ways you can actually, the actual individual can actually research this stuff beyond just relying upon information that they glean from the internet. Yeah. Are you, are you familiar with William Cooper? I am. Now, cause I know that he was a dude that came out, he was a Navy guy and he came out one of, that was one of his biggest things was the alien thing. And he said that he's seen him and a few other Navy officers run a ship and they see a, a, a craft come out of the ocean go up in the air, then come back down. And later in life, he, he said that he kind of didn't believe that anymore and that he thought that what he seen was something that, like, the government created to show him to go off in the future and, like, tell these things, which is a that's, very weird, very that's, weird that's, take, you know what I mean? That's pretty meta. Yeah. You know, like, that, that's pretty meta to think that you're so important that the government is going to pick you a dude yeah um to show you this thing like that's a kind of a like that's saying that's uh bordering on a religious experience yeah you know like it's not uh, maybe these three guys saw something come out of the water it could be a real thing you know i think that there's probably a lot of life out there i think earth is a really interesting place to study it because we have multiple different biomes um Maybe they did see something. I've seen stuff. I can't explain what it is. Yeah. But the idea that the government created a technology, showed you and a couple other dudes in the middle of the night out in the ocean, because they knew in the future you would doubt what you saw. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's 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 ascribing a level of, of omniscience to the government that I'm just not comfortable doing because I've worked in the government. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a veteran. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's, they don't have that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he, he was he was equating it to some type of like MK Ultra type deal where they're trying to like put false information in, in a head to see where it goes or something. Yeah, MK Ultra. That, that was all about mind expansion and, and yeah. control and things like that. Yeah, so maybe I mean that's 
I don't know. That's uh, I, uh, I don't know. That one for me, that one hits the bullshit alarm. Like maybe they saw something. Sure. Yeah. Was it mind control? Probably not. Yeah. Um, the mind control is sexier. It's a it's a sexier Jacob's Ladder esque story. It is, um, and you know it definitely plays into interpersonal delusions of grandeur. Yeah, you know, like we can't dis- we can't discount that. Yeah, you know that you're so special, that you're so important that they are going to show you this to mess specifically with your brain. I don't know. It's a, there was also, you know, uh, Phil Schneider, you familiar with him? I oh, am. Yeah. That gentleman, dude. I, I remember I watched the video of him. Now, Hawkman, Phil Schneider is a dude that he was a whistleblower that he worked at, uh, I think it was the Dolce Underground, like Army Base. Yep. Um, and he came out and he said that, you know, we have different species, almost like a kind of a prison type uh, experimental type deal where we have different species of aliens down there. We work with some of them. We test on some of them and this big thing. But the, the craziest part about him mm-hmm. was I remember the dude had his his hand was like fucking obliviated. All, it was fucking all mutilated. And his whole thing was that he said he got shot with a, a laser. Like, they, one of the things pulled out a laser gun. And, like, yeah, it was a radiation a, gun. It was a, they yeah, had right. gone into this, into this mine shaft of the Special Forces team. Phil Snyder, by the way, died under really mysterious circumstances. Wait, yeah, wait, wasn't he, like, what, didn't he have, like, his hands were tied to his feet, a bag over his head, and, like, shot himself, like, 20 times? He was head. suffocated with, like, his own catheter tube or something. Yeah, it was, that's it was what really, it was. Yeah, it wasn't it was a good insult way to injury. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That was big insult to injury on that one. Yeah, yeah. not a good way not a good way to go, but the story behind Phil Schneider, fascinating story. He's an engineer by trade. Um, and he said that he went down into this mine shaft or a, a cave complex out in New Mexico. And uh, he went down with the special forces team, which, okay. It's the seventies. Yeah. M- maybe. Um, and they encountered these reptile folk down there who weren't very thrilled with them being there. And they ended up getting into what he described as a gun battle with them. Mm-hmm. Um, where he got hit with this radiation weapon. A whole bunch of guys got killed. And they event- they basically got driven back up to the surface. Um, and after that, things kind of calmed down a little bit. But <laughs> um, that's a really fat. He's That's a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Um Reptile people are a fascinating concept. It Um, really is. Anything is possible the way I see it. I mean, uh, when you have so many different uh, planets, stars, all of that, I mean, heck, uh, if you go with the Darwin theory that we all evolved from apes, you know, how it's possible on another planet, uh, you know, Creatures, uh, aliens evolved from like reptiles. I mean, well, even this one, Hawk, because if you're going to take the evolving from an ape, then what, who's to say you couldn't evolve from a, rept- a reptile? Yeah. Plus, also, fact is that now I don't, I forget who uh, came up with this theory, yeah. but I remember reading this uh, a while ago that 
if you go back and you look at like the Homo sapiens and the Neanderthals and all that, um, I think there's there's a part where you know there's there's a question of how we we kind of jumped to the Homo sapiens because I, I I remember reading somewhere where they said that we that there was kind of like a, a, like a little section uh, where it where it looked like we kind of jumped from like Neanderthals to Homo sapiens and something like that. And there was a theory that someone had that if aliens exist, that we might actually be experiments, like uh, kind of like aliens came down here and they were experimenting with, you know, apes and then, you know, and then Neanderthals and, and then all of a sudden, you know, Homo sapiens were kind of like almost a uh, experiment caused by these alien creatures that came down. And, um, I mean, the thing is, let's let's look at it this way: if if you believe that you know aliens exist and all that, I mean, I personally I have I haven't haven't seen any, but I, I'm open to the possibility. But if if they have been like dropping down like ever so often throughout the ages, but not really like interact with us on like a global scale. One of the possibilities is we could be like a uh, a uh, science experiment. They've been, you know, uh, checking on for all the, all those years. Yeah, no, I mean anything's possible, man. I mean, I, I was reading there was a uh, command sergeant major retired. Um, he came out not too long ago, and he was uh, in charge of all the enlisted men in Europe and NATO. And he got read in on a, uh, this, I think he called it like cosmic clearance or something like that. I don't know. I'd have yeah. to go back and watch the interview again. Um, but it, basically it came down to the gist of it was that humanity had been under observation for at least the last thousand years. And it had been, you know, we kind of just realized and came to that understanding that they've been watching us and now we're watching them back. Um, that information came out around the same time as uh, Hellier from Canada, the former defense minister of Canada. When Hellier came out and uh, said that we were being contacted on a regular basis and that U.S. and Israeli governments are working with extraterrestrials. Yeah. I mean, that, that story goes all the way back to uh, Truman, allegedly. Yeah made a uh, a deal that allowed extraterrestrials to experiment on humans um, yeah. while also, you know, benefiting from their technology. Yeah, that's how they kind of, you know, explain a little bit the uh, the abductions and stuff and how it's yeah. a hush-hush deal. You know, maybe. I could buy that. It's like um, working with the cartels and sex traffickers, the behind the scenes business type deal, the government of essentially. Yeah. Um, so sure. Maybe. I mean, and, and at which point they obviously, if they wanted to destroy us, they could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, if, if, if they have spaceships that can, you know, go all these, uh, uh, millions upon billions of miles from planet to planet, from, solar system to solar system, 
you can only imagine what kind of technology that they really do have. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, going with the whole, you know, thing of us possibly being like, like alien experiments from way back when gives it a little more credence in my mind, why they haven't like come down and, you know, either taken over or destroyed us or whatever. And, and just coming by for these, Little sneak peeks and you know little abduction. Yeah. I I think that, I I believe I think there'd be more of an infiltration deal, whether you're trying to be good or bad. I don't think you'd want to do any hostile takeover type deal, even in a friendly way. I think you'd want you'd want to you know the way they talked about how out of all those species there were a lot of them are humanoid. I think they'd want to kind of almost like you, the breeding thing you were, you were talking about, almost like a breed type situation where you come in, they live style almost, you know what I mean? Where you come in and you can't recognize who's what, but they're here. They can be involved in the decision-making. They can be involved in everything kind of without being seen for what they are. And the thing I wanted to bring up with the breeding aspect that you brought up, Hawk, was interesting because like you take the religious, you know, with the religious aspect, uh, they have kind of like like the gods ha- had came down and had sex with the women and made like the nephilim, which was like yeah. these, these enlightened, like these su- superhumans. And I there's a very thin line I think between that the way people look at gods and like alien life. You know what I mean? Well, you see those old paintings with like alien ships in the background, and like we talked about before the show started, how there's like all these ancient people. It's like they don't know what what is so they're going to explain what they've seen and what their mind can comprehend. So like, who's to say what an alien coming down wouldn't be considered a God. You know what I mean? It, it makes perfect sense that it would be. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, yeah. It's uh, you know, in, the, in the context. I mean, it's, it's so much of that old, that ancient stuff is, you know, it's like, well, there's, you know, the carvings and, you know, then there's the oral traditions that you've got to look at and, who knows what were they what these folks were looking up in the night skies? I mean, when when the conquistadors first got to South America, yeah, the uh, the natives recalled seeing them just come out of the sea onto in their in their rowboats, and they couldn't because they couldn't perceive the long ships. They couldn't perceive the sailboats. They didn't know what they were looking at. Yeah, so they literally just these Spanish just kind of materialized out of thin air to them because they couldn't comprehend what they were looking at. I think with a lot of these aliens and things like that, that's eventually what we're going to understand it to be. It's been there and we just haven't had the ability to perceive it. Maybe because they don't want us to, maybe because we don't have the technology to, maybe because we just humans specifically only perceive light in a very thin band. And maybe they're just outside the spectrum to the left or to the right. Dimensional. Like, yeah. It, it, one of the things I like is I, I'd like yeah. to look at it. Uh, David Icke. Are you familiar yeah. with David Icke? Of course, yes. Good yeah. Yeah. He's a nutball, but, you know, he's got some fun <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite ones from him was that, no, it's not one thing or the other. It's everything happening at once. You know, so it's it's ghosts. It's aliens, it's interdimensional beings, maybe higher evolved creatures we would know as deities. Mm. Um, and all of it's existing in this universal bubble that's constantly expanding and 
vibrating and oscillating and rotating. You know, there's going to be some weird shit. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And then go back to that thing about uh, what you were saying Read about, it. like, how, you know, how people don't really understand. Because I, I forget who I talked to about this before, but we were talking about, um, like, when, the, when the, 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 the people seen boats for the first time. Like, when a big boat rolled through the mist. Yeah. What, what they they would think that they could very likely think that would be like a sea creature or a dragon or something like that to go back to those mythical stories, you know. Yeah. I mean? And I, I, you know, I the, the Bible is a very interesting thing for me. You know what I mean? Because you know, and like I love Revelations, and um, it's it's a horror movie. It's a, that's why I love it. You know what I mean? Oh, it's it, the Book of Revelation <laughs> is a bad acid trip or a bad yeah. trip. You know, the dude who wrote it was literally on an island just eating mushrooms. Yeah. That's like the backstory of the book of Revelation. Hell yeah. It's a revelation of St. John. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would take any, personally, I'd take anything in the Bible with a grain of salt. Well, it's a cycles thing, I think. I think it's the same thing as like a Nostradamus deal where it's passed down stories that, like everybody, they all the religions kind of have the same story. Like I, like I think there's just one big. The God would be one big energy of like yeah. a positive deal. And I think that every a lot of all the religions just have a different name for the same thing. But they all want. It's kind of an ego thing where they all want it to be theirs, so they give it their name. You know what I mean? But it's all the Absolutely. same thing. I feel. You know, it's who's who's God's got the bigger dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's that's true. why, like, that's why. You know, uh, Constantine was able to conquer so much of you know, because there's sun gods and then there's the son of God. Yeah. And quite frankly, when you've got a sword to your throat, those two things could be the same thing. Yeah. You know, so there's that. Um, yeah. The thing and, I, wa- I want to say one thing about the, the, the revelation, I believe in revelations to go to what the people understand thing. It says, uh, suppose like the world ends. There's like uh, uh, a mountain on fire that hits the earth, which is a comet. It's a comet. Like, I think that's how the world's going to end. A, a comet will eventually hit us. And we're, whether it's mumbo jumbo or not, we're seeing a lot of stuff like that now. Um, with like, there's a 2024 theory, there's a 2029 theory. Uh, or like, Man, I've been... that are passing by, but if they're like, if they get close enough or whatever, that like, it's fucking going to be bad news. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But I mean, like that's, that's life, bro. Like the dinosaurs oh, yeah, got sure. hit, you know, like, <laughs> I wonder if the dinosaurs had a conspiracy theory about that. You know, I wonder if the dinosaurs are like, no, man, I swear to God, that rock is getting fucking closer every day. That little burned thing in the sky. You know, yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. it's funny to think about fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> the dinosaurs uh, believe that because they ate all the vegetation on the earth and the earth was a living thing that the comet was was revenge to kill them. That's yeah, man. I mean, sure. Believe. That would be a that'd be a that's a great movie. You like that? I like that a lot, actually. That's an animated film. I was going to say animated. Uh, we should That's set that animated. up at Disney. Um, maybe Netflix. Netflix has got a great animation thing going on right now. It yeah. feels much more like... Have you seen... Uh, what is it? Um, never mind. It's an animated film on Netflix. It was really funny. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, 
We're taking land before time in a dark direction, boys. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Take I'm it in a dark it. direction. Just take That's that it. land before time and just and just have it be the dead mom the whole way through. That's your vibe. <laughs> dead mom the whole way through the land before time movie. <laughs> Ah, that that's sounds heavy. like a that's, that's, that's pretty that's, that's real fucking heavy actually. Um, really let's is. not let's not do that. <laughs> um, now that we've talked it out for a second, let's dystopian go to dinovers doesn't now sound we can like go to Disney, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, I think uh, humans like to see patterns. Yeah. Humans like to try and figure out, and don't like to feel like they're out of control or that they don't know. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think religion offers so many safe harbors. And that's why I think conspiracy theories offer safe harbors for a lot of people because it's a big, scary world. And there's so much that's outside of our control all of the time that a conspiracy theory kind of makes you feel like a detective a little bit, like you're figuring something out, like you're finding hidden knowledge, you know, that you know something that somebody else doesn't know. And it tickles that part of your brain that likes to know. Mm-hmm. And so I like conspiracy theories because I am, I'm cognizant of that fact. And I enjoy seeing where people take them um, and the things that they'll come up with. Because the human imagination is just absolutely wondrous. Um, it really is, yeah. And oftentimes the conspiracy theories are so much more elaborate than the truth that it's, it's amazing to see the complexity of it. Um, yeah, you gotta. Imagination could be our our greatest resource. It could be the greatest thing that humanity ever had, if you think about uh, it. It's also the most unique thing in the universe. Yeah, I mean, if you look at everything that we know about the universe, we know that there's noble gases. We know that there's black holes and immeasurable amounts of energy being expanded at any given moment. Mm. Um. But we're the only creature that has the imagination that we see. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between an elephant being able to paint with supplies provided to it and humans figuring out how to make pigmentation and teaching ourselves to paint. Yeah. You know, like those are, those are some, some, those are some wide evolutionary gaps. Um, and getting back to the whole aliens thing, that alone makes us an interesting study. Yeah. You know, you've got all this life on this planet and we're the only ones that do this. You think it's kind of weird. You think a big part of it is because we're art how articulate we are with our hands where we're, we're our hands were definitely, we were definitely made to use our hands. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. As our, far our as other species go. Our hands and our eyes joined together, yeah. you know, to evolve a very wide distribution of white matter throughout our body, which gives us this fine motor control, which allows us to manipulate our environment. Now, as far as, you know, humans being the byproduct of experimentation, I think that's an interesting idea simply because of how difficult being a human is. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, like, it generations of humans being born in the wild. That's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Like I do, I don't have kids, but I'm from a big family. Do either of you guys have kids? Uh, no, no. Okay. So 
pregnancy is really fucking difficult and scary mm-hmm. as a child just observing it. I couldn't imagine just the way native women used to do it. They just walk out, squat and grab a tree and do it. Yeah. Horrifying. Like, that's a real woman. Just, that, like the survival rates. Like, just think about how many humans have existed in that fashion. Yeah. To equal the number of humans we have today. That's mind numbing. That's true. Like, how many people? Like, what? I don't know. That's a conspiracy theory, in my opinion. How the fuck did we do that? <laughs> Speaking of mind, you guys know there's a reptilian gland in the human oh, yeah. mind to go back to the reptilian thing a little bit. Yeah, it's one of the oldest parts of the human brain. It's uh, the amygdala area. It helps control your fight or flight response. Fight Mine's flight, broken. Yeah. I mean, that's a great. I think that might be the best, uh, the evolution, the best sign of evolution from animals, if, if there ever was to be any. You know what I mean? Or oh, yeah. Styles, yeah. Well, it's that super old part of the brain, you know? It's, it's millions of years old. And, uh, you know, it's, it's when you, we were coming out of the trees mm. and there's that crack way off in the distance, you know? You can't see it but you can hear it and it's going to, and that little lizard part of your brain is going to be like, I should run. Yeah. <laughs> we should bounce. Yeah. I mean, it's the animal instinct, you know, it's, it's that the rawest, the, the, it's your gut feeling. You know what I mean? No, oh, absolutely. Always go with your gut. It'll save your life. Yeah. Now your life was saved uh, when you had some uh, UFO sightings in your backyard, I believe. Oh yeah. Correctly. Yeah, this is uh, earlier in the year. Um, my writing partner, Henry, and I, we were coming back from interviewing one of our witnesses for a uh, project that we're working on. Um, and she's got some wild stories to begin with um, that, you know, rain right, right up in this alley. They're everything from, you know, the Masons to human sacrifice, man. Hell yeah. Um, and so we're pulling, we're talking about the interview and, uh, cause she just given us some, some fresh information that we didn't know before. And we were talking about that and as we're pulling up in front of my house. Uh, Henry, who was driving had to pull forward a little bit into the driveway. Um, because my roommate was parked out front and he was going to pull in and back up a little bit and as he pulls forward and clears the side of the house. I see the classic tr- three lights triangle shape object with a fourth light offset behind it kind of in tow and i said henry what the fuck is that and before he could even react or stop moving the car i was out of the car um back when i was back in my old military police officer days i was the guy who got out of the car before it stopped moving um and that was just my 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 gimmick that was my deal and it can be very intimidating when done properly of course. <laughs> um, if, it doesn't, if, if it's not done properly, you're going to get run over. Yeah. So high stakes camp. Um, so I hop out of the car before Henry can even put it in park. And I've got my phone out and I'm recording. And it moved so slow and emitted no noise. And when I mean none, I mean, I, I'm, I live not very far from Pease Air Base. Yeah. So I hear jets all the time. 
I used to work on the flight line over there. Um, and there are several drone enthusiasts that live around me in Dover. Um, so I hear and I see their drones on a regular basis. I know what they look like. I know what they sound like. And this was not any of those things. This was uh, very low to the ground, probably no more than three to 500 feet off the ground, maybe. Um, very large and made absolutely no sound. And as it traveled from, what direction is that? East to west over Dover towards Rochester, um, several of the lights dimmed out until all of them were gone. And if I didn't have it on video and if Henry wasn't there watching and, you know, narrating the video with me at the same time, I don't know if I would have believed it. Um, but yeah, man, it was there as big as life and twice as ugly. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And it's one of those things. Cause I, I've, I've, like I said, at the start, I've been following UFOs and aliens for as long as I can remember now. And uh, I've always been of the opinion that as long as it's over there and it's in a video, it's far away. Okay. That's distance. Um, maybe it's not a real thing, but when they show up over Dover or when they show up over wherever I'm living, yeah. you know, that's, that seems to be a, uh, an escalation. It does. Now I've seen a few of those triangular ones in the sky myself personally and did a lot of videos. And what do you think the triangular thing is? I know like, Ray would, if Ray was here, he would say it's a, it's a demonic thing with the three, you know, triangles have a lot of stuff to do with like the, with, with demonic force. But you could also play in like more of a scientific aspect of like with the triangular shape, you think there's some type of mirror effect to make it invisible. What's your take on the whole triangular? Uh, design choice. I don't think it's demons. Um, if it was. <laughs> If it was demons, I mean, wouldn't you want to know? Even if it was demons, we should know if it was demons. Yeah. You know, um, as far as the the signs and, you know, triangles and uh, geometric shapes have been used by countless cultures throughout human history. I don't really particularly ascribe any particular importance to anything that comes from the Judeo-Christian tradition. Um, mainly because I think it's just, and I'll do it right now. Uh, may the Holy Spirit and Christ on high, I reject you. May you strike me dead. Give it two seconds. Wait a second. Okay, I'm still here. So um, now that we got that out of the way, so I don't think it's demons. I don't think it's demons. Um, I think it's a design choice. It could potentially be up to four different craft flying in formation. It could be a uh, one of the more convincing answers I've seen comes from uh, this uh, Fran. She's this YouTube uh, engineer. She's a physicist engineer. I love her work. She's got like a crazy Doc Brown thing going on. Um, And she's just a a hard practical physicist. Right. And uh, so she's not into the whole woo woo thing. What she Shane was down. saying. Thanks for the children. We're talking about Shane Down. With it, is. it is. Um, <laughs> but what she was talking about was sorry for making some noise. I need a cigarette. Um, she was saying that they could be simply, I say simply, they could be traveling in the fifth dimension. 
or they could be originating in the fifth dimension, right? Yeah. So that means they need to transit the fourth and into the third dimension. So imagine the universe like a piece of paper, and you're looking down at it from the fifth dimension. You're looking down at the piece of paper, and then you poke your finger through it into the third dimension. So the fourth, the piece of paper is your fourth dimension, and through the piece of paper on the other side is the third dimension. So what we're seeing, we're not seeing the whole picture. We're seeing the tip of a finger poking through paper. Yeah. That makes way more sense to me than demons. You know, if it's a fifth dimensional being observing us from a, however they're observing us, I don't know how they would even do that. Um, and interacting with us, they would need to break that dimensional plane somehow. And so as they poke through from the fifth dimension into the third dimension, it would simply look like the tip of a finger just poking out of the sky. You could see the space behind it. You could see the space around it because we can't see into and through the fourth and fifth dimensions. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, that makes far more logical sense than demons. We have, uh, there's a mostly ghostly episode called Our Angels or Our our Aliens Really Demons. It's a great episode, anybody out there listening. Also, how do you feel about interdimensional demons? If it's a demon, like, are we talking like the conjuring demons or like Christian demons? we're We're talking about... Like an insomniac demon that could be seen right now on the Boombastic Media YouTube page. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I think there's good and evil out there. Yeah. I think that's a very real thing. I, I personally am a ardent, you know, supporter of Pan, uh, the god of chaos and nature. Yeah. Um, so, but chaos, that's, chaos is a wide, is a spectrum. Chaos, it's not a, a black and white thing. Yeah. There's good chaos and there's bad chaos. And we're talking about demons. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Fuck, man. I've seen some shit in my day. I can't count anything out. I've seen right. some weird shit in my time. And uh, I've done some weird stuff. <laughs> um, I did, uh, I was on a, did some shamanic training for a while. And yeah, so I can't, maybe. <laughs> you, you believe in the positive and negative energies? Out there in the world, oh yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, absolutely I, enough enough negative. I think enough negative energy could create some demon. It could well, you know it, I mean? it could manifest itself in any number of different ways. And if we uh, we call it a demon, then that's the word that we use to describe it because we don't know what else to call it. Hell's to the yeah, that's you know, just I, like the just like yeah. with the natives, not sure what they were seeing. They were like, "What the hell is this thing?" I don't know. It's a lot of. I think a lot of things are interpretation like that. I agree. You know, know, none of the stuff that we're talking about is new. Yeah. You know, humans have been talking and swapping ghost stories around campfires since we could. It's quite possible that, like, the very first people that seen, you know, try, you could, like, what we see these triangular things, and if anybody out there hasn't seen them, go online, you can see them. They they have a very, like, a constellation vibe to them. We are very much a constellation vibe. The lights are like they're all perfectly placed, and they they stay in that in that uh, that form. It's very yeah. interesting stuff. But think about it like this: if you were probing something, yeah. right? If you had a tool, a scientific instrument, yeah, 
and you were probing into a surface, let's say you, you had like a, a, a pincher, a pincer of some kind, mm-hmm. and you were, and you lived, you were a crab and you lived at the bottom of, of a, an aquarium. I do. You know? Yeah. So this is, that's the world you live in. You're going to look up and all of a sudden some shit's going to pop through the water at you. Mm. And it's going to be in perfect formation. It's going to move really fucking weird. You're not going to understand exactly what you're seeing. And you say, like, this is what I saw, man. Yeah. Now, if we know that you and I know that it's you and I controlling the pincer. And they were reaching down through the water with a scientific instrument or a tool or an implement of some kind to interact with the environment that we normally couldn't. The fucking triangle shape that we could see could simply be an instrument. It could be a scientific instrument being used by a more highly advanced, evolved interdimensional being using what it has to probe our environment. Which in and of itself is pretty cool. For sure. Like, can break you down like that. It sounds kind of mundane. But when you think about the implications of a higher intelligence literally poking a scientific instrument down to look at you, yeah, that's, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. That's a pretty wild conspiracy theory. Now, could you imagine if that's what they discovered? Yeah. If they were like, holy shit, we can't tell people this. They'll destroy them. <laughs> well, just think about it. What else would you tell them? You'd be like, well, tell them, any- tell them it's little green fucking bed. I don't care. <laughs> you know? That's a, that's a funny boardroom where it's like you lay out what's actually going on. And you're like, we can't fucking tell people this. Like, are you kidding me? We can't, no, 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 no. Little green men, that's what this is. Little green men and swamp gas. Swamp gas, baby. Never underestimate the swamp gas. (laughs) Never underestimate the swamp gas. That's what I tell my girlfriend. (laughs) I I seen another uh, type UFO ones. Uh, It was more of a cylinder. It was, I was in a, I was, uh, my teenage years, we were living in an apartment building, top floor. And it was after 9-11, I remember, because I remember it was, you know, that remember there was like that three years, it, it lasted longer, but there was the first three years, four years after 9-11, everybody was still shook, awaiting another attack. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember. And I remember being in my bedroom late at night, and I heard this. Ooh, like a missile sounding drop, like, you know, that, that, that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is it. Like, that's how, and it, and, it, and it got louder and louder and louder and louder. And I remember, like, it eventually just didn't hit. So I looked out my window, and as, as God is my witness, all right, no matter what anybody believes, <laughs> and uh, over, right over my building, it was like a, a, uh, like an oval, and it reminded me kind of like the Vietnam, like the long Vietnam helicopters. Oh, yeah, the uh, Chinooks. Yeah, and it was like, and it had green, orange, and red lights on the side. And I know that sounds super fucking corny because of what, you know what I mean? But it had those lights and they were, they were bright and it went over my building. And like once it touched down, it wasn't loud anymore. It, it, went, o- it went over my building. And as soon as it went over the tree line, it, without a second, it came back in the same exact same exact route. It didn't turn around. It just came, like it hit reverse and came back hmm. and went over my building. Yeah, and uh, I remember I, I got it written down on a calendar somewhere because I was just like, "What the fuck was that?" You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, it, it, that's the thing, man. When it happens, it shake it. It leaves an impression. Sure. You know, like the the thing outside the building that I outside my house that I saw. I'm never going to forget that for as long as I live. I, I don't know what it was. You know, Alex, but... you... <laughs> Alex, you'll have a, you'll have a visitation. You'll you'll be poor Alex. He's going to be so scared. He's going to have to sit in a wheelchair the rest of his life. <laughs> honestly, like, honestly, I. I, I I like the, the the fact that I have not been visited because I think our world screwed up enough. I don't want to have to worry about uh, the possibility of some other creature coming down and uh, figuring out whether we're uh, ants or, or something else. It'll be, it'll be yeah. hard for you. To, it'll be hard for you to do the show when you communicate with Notepad and Penhawk. So I don't know what the future holds <laughs> for you. But hey, hey, I mean, like like I've said before, is that while I have not had any of these experiences, I'm open to the possibility. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> now they're gonna come for you. Well, I'm open to the possibility that they exist and all that. I'm not open to. The, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they can. Go do their own thing as long as they don't interfere with my life. I got enough crazy shit to deal with. Just I mean, think, heck, I'm your friend. That that's crazy enough alone. Just think Legit. of the, just think of the just think of the press we can get if the director of acceptance gets taken away by the aliens. Huh? Well, well, you know what can I, mean? I say? You know, when uh, when I I, I I wrote in and shot that little short, uh, it, it was um, well. I mean, for anyone who, who doesn't know, I did a short little uh, uh, film called Acceptance. I think nice. it was like under like two or three minutes. Um, oh and the idea was, yeah, yeah, you have a guy which I played, which finds that he's been accepted. And then he gets all ready. He's all excited. He gets the email and he goes out and then he's beamed away. And then he's beamed back and he's in excruciating pain. And then he's beamed away again, and then he's being back, and he's even in more pain. And then it, it happens one more time, and he comes back, and he dies. And, uh, I mean, the the thing I was playing with is the idea that, you know, I mean, I, I, know, I know people that are really into the idea of, of course, UFOs, aliens from another planet, and all that. And... Some of these people I know, I can tell that they they don't feel like they are accepted in their own, in in their own selves here, and they're 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 thinking that you know, like life here on Earth is not great, and they think that well maybe there's another planet, maybe there's you know some place where they can transcend to that will be better, and then. Usually, it's like the old saying, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I mean, if an alien race did come down, I mean, we would all hope and pray that they are benevolent creatures that just want to, you know, uh, trade uh, trade war stories and, you know, ha- have a drink of mead by the fire. But, I mean, the truth is that... Like I said before, I mean, my feeling is if there was alien species that were coming by and 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 looking at us, they probably look at us at, at most as maybe as a fond pet, 
Because, no. I mean, if you're looking at the technology that one would need to travel all these light years and do all these things, and we, I mean, while we have some great technical advantages compared to them, we're, we're like, you know, kids in, in a sandbox. Mm. Okay? I mean, if if you, if you find, you, it, it's like, uh, you know, you see... A little monkey playing with a stick and sticking it down and getting out termites and and eating that. Okay, that looks cute and 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 obviously that that monkey has uh, a way of you know getting food, which is uh, very ingenious. But the thing is, you're still not going to look at that monkey on the same level as you know uh, other people like you. True. Yeah. So I mean. It's, I mean, the, like I said, I mean, it, just the idea within itself uh, scares the crap out of me that, you know, you have these, these species that whether they're humanoid or whether they're little green men or whatever, I mean, just how would they look at us? I mean, heck, I mean, if I was like a different species and I could travel from planet to planet and I come by and I just looked at just a little bit of, of Earth's history and what's going on now, I'd be like, you know, that's like the ghetto, man. I'd stay away from that. I, I, I'd just fly right by Earth with all the crazy shit that keeps on happening here. I mean, it's... Plus, also, I mean... I mean, one of the things that probably with, uh, I mean like you said about, you know, the government not wanting to, you know, uh, start a panic. And the thing is that, you know, if aliens suddenly showed up in a spaceship and landed like uh, in the middle of Boston or New York and all that, everyone would go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can only assume that, you know, I mean, people, I mean, People are always scared of what they don't understand, mm. and and the fact is, I've heard that before. Is that a, that's not an original Alex Hawk, is it? No, no, it's oh, okay, not. But right. but but I mean, but the thing is, then okay, now flip that on the alien. Okay, now, well, well, let's say the aliens are more technically advanced than us. Are they going to be socially more advanced than us? Are they going to have the same prejudices or those kind of um, aspects? You know, I mean, is is an alien going to look at us like we don't understand you people? We don't understand why you do what you do. That scares us. Mm. Maybe it's better for us to either leave or, you know, get rid of you because, I mean, you guys have uh, these uh, nuclear weapons. You have, you know, you have all these wars. I mean, I know that if I was looking at the Earth from outside, I'd be like, this is a place I would not want to play around with because it's so easy to, you know, just get people all riled up and people, when they're scared, they react in a aggressive and nasty manner. Yeah, no, that's, that's, you're absolutely right. That's probably why they've stayed, you know, away from us the way they have for so long. 
Yeah, I mean the right. thing is, it's it. I the way I see it is, it's if they do come by, it's more of like scientific uh, curiosity, kind of like a drive-by. Like, what are these crazy, you know, rednecks in this corner of the universe doing? You know, it's yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, hate if, on the rednecks, buddy. <laughs> Don't be a hater of the rednecks. Dude. I'm not hating on the rednecks. I I could. I, I'm with you. I think. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's it's the whole it's the big question of if they were the, the reality of them is they would most likely be like humans, like animals. Uh, you're gonna have your good and your bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which, I, that's I, the I, scary thought. That's the real scary thought because then you wonder to yourself, and like they, they must have something invested in us or care about us to some degree. And the scary question is if there is a good and bad. Is there always a fight? Maybe there's a fight going on right now for us that we don't even know about. What do you think of that? I've heard that one. Yeah. You, you know, know but I mean, to yeah. what end? Like, what are like to to what end? Well, one would want us for bad things, and the other would want us for good things. You know, to kind of better. You know, they always talk about that futuristic Jetson style humanity. Like maybe oh, yeah, the, if, if if the good prevailed, we'd get that. If the bad prevailed, I'm going to either we would be enslaved or something. You know, crazy. So 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 you're pretty much saying that we're nothing more than a college bet. Yeah, well, that might be the realest thing you ever said in your <laughs> life, my friend. That, but yeah, you know, it's a hey man. You know, how about this? How about we create this entire you know planet full of sentient beings and see what happens after you know a few billion uh b- billion years? See, see what happens. You know, that's. <laughs> Weird. I don't know. That seems a little bit. Once again, I'd say that. I feel like life is more random than that. I don't know if there's that much control going on. You know, it's, like, because it wasn't, yeah. it was Earth, had, humans get very, you know, tunnel visioned, you know, because Earth hasn't always been the way that it has been. I you know, there's it, been a lot of things that have lived and died here before we got here. Yeah. I think life's more of, you take a pipe and you throw a bouncy ball down it. So it bounces yeah. around as opposed to just letting it, take that one line down to the end life's more of the, but I do think, you know, I think there is like an overall, like I, I the, the, the rotations and I like, I do think, you know, a lot, everything comes in cycles and stuff. And it's quite possible that we, there'll be an extinction of humanity. Uh, not that far. I mean, yeah. no, I'm, I'm hoping, I hope and all of that happens in like another, like, 300 years, you know, so I'm definitely dead by then. <laughs> well, realistically, you wouldn't want to be around for it because you're going to die anyways. Wouldn't you want to see something magnificent like that before you went out? No, no, I not would. really. I no. would. Oh, it's, it's like my brother. I talked about, I want, I want to be a, a Mars colonist so bad. <laughs> um, um, I talked to my brother about that, and he's just like, yeah, you, but you're going to die up there. I'm like, hey, uh, newsflash, you're going to die down here, too. Right. You know, would you rather die, like, on Earth like everybody else in human history has or die on Mars? I don't know. I'll take Mars. Yeah, well. Well, well the question I'd have to ask is exactly the cause of the death. Uh, I, I mean, are you going to just die of old age or are you going to arrive on, on Mars and, and find out that, that 
the oxygen is tainted and then you suffocate or something. Well, I, I mean, mean I, yeah. the, the details I, I, I are mean, irrelevant. It's got COVID in it. It's got COVID. <laughs> you know, you go all the way to yeah. Mars to escape the COVID. You die in the COVID on Mars. That's where it came from. Gary <laughs> Sinise brought it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Gary Sinise. I it's in Dan. He's he's the dude. I heard he's the man. He's a super nice guy. We like to make fun. Oh, yeah. but we won't even make fun of Gary. That's I heard he. Was, no, you can't make it. Yeah. You can't make fun of Gary Sinise. That's like yeah, no. It's against the rules. But let's let's jump into some other famous, uh, uh, you know, visitations and 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 scene scene forces from the sky throughout time here. And we'll 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 conversate on them after we roll through. So the first one up yeah. is we got the second millennium. Okay, BC, fourteen forty BCE. Mm. They seen fiery discs. The scribes of the Pharaoh Thutmose the Third reported that fiery discs were encountered floating over the skies. The Condon Committee disputed the legitimacy of the Thule. I I don't uh Fiery disc. Now, going as far back as this, the question that I want to bring up is the way we said that that they couldn't they'd have to kind of explain it and what they comprehend. Do you think fiery disc could be some type of shooting star or something, or do you think that it uh, could be legitimate what they think it was? Well, I mean, it could, I'd... <clears throat> not a lot to go off of. Yeah. You'd have to. Go back and look at the uh, rewind the star charts if you could see if there were like any corresponding meteor showers or things like that. Um, fiery discs though could be a could be a shooting star, could be a meteor. We know that uh, Assyrian civilizations and Egyptian civilizations used meteorite rocks, yeah, uh, to forge. Um, certain blades for pharaohs. Um, and these aren't people that were totally ignorant of the night sky. I mean, one of the things I would like, I'd be interested in with that particular account would be to read everything that they wrote before it mm-hmm. and to read everything they wrote after it. I agree. You know, to get the tenor and tone of the author, like, you know, to try and figure out, well, was this an unusual occurrence? Was, was this guy an astronomer? Was he a a fucking lookout at a fort someplace? Mm-hmm. You know, because the Egyptian records are actually, especially from that time period, are actually very well detailed. Um, so I don't know. It would be interesting to see, you know, what was what was written before and what was written after, because it's hard to get context um, out of one passage, you know. And yeah, the Egyptians get a lot of ties to the, like UFO and stuff, and even like the pyramids yeah. with the triangle and the whole. Yeah, here's the thing though: like, if it was something completely out of the ordinary for them, why would they record it? Right. You know, so we're not not it, something totally ordinary for them. That's what I meant to say. It was something totally ordinary for them. Like the Egyptians are. Uh... I'm sorry, I'm getting another call right now. I will. Let it go to voicemail. Um, so, I mean, if the Egyptians were really in tune and in touch, and if their gods really were aliens, you know, the fiery discs in the sky shouldn't be anything super freaky to them. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird one. It is a weird one. The next weird one, though, uh, 218 BCE, the ships in the sky, um, where they report, a, a number of people recorded in the winter phantom ships that they seen gleaming in the sky. Italy, Rome, Italy. That's a, the ships thing's weird. You know what I mean? Rome, Italy. Um, yeah, there's some, there are some optical illusions um, that can cause, there was one over Lake Michigan not too long ago where it looked like there was an island floating across the lake. Um, it was an optical illusion. Um, I don't know. Ships in the sky. Rome. I don't think Rome has a port that I'm aware of. Maybe. Um, God, I wish these folks had cell phones back then. Don't you? <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, it's like, you know, they're looking at something that they can't identify, but they try to think of what it resembles to them. Yeah, so, closest approximation. Yeah, so, I mean, when they say, oh, magical ships in the sky, they're, they're looking at it like, well, it kind of looks like, you know, you're looking out on the horizon on, on the water and you see a boat. And they're like, well, the only difference is in the sky. So they're like calling it ships in the sky, whether it actually looked like one or just, you know, in in their limited experience, they're like, well, that's, well, you're going to call this. It's like, well, you know, close as I could come up with, it looks like a ship and it's moving, you know, just with the, uh, the air being like the water. So that's probably why, you know, they, you know, refer to it as ships in the sky. No, it makes perfect sense. That logic follows. Um, it's, it's once again, I mean, the, the Romans were, polytheistic so if they thought it was a god they would have said so yeah you know if they, if they thought it was the chariots of apollo or if they thought that icarus they witnessed icarus fly too close to the sun or something yeah they they would have said so i don't know that's an interesting so the, the ones from antiquity are strange i like the uh yeah, they're fun stories, but it's, you know, but it's, they're so far back. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, what it does is it definitely shows that there's a long storied tradition mm. of weird shit in our sky. Yeah. We're going to jump to the 16th and 17th centuries. Mm. Um, 1561 celestial phenomenon over Nuremberg. We yeah, the uh, the space uh, battle. Yep, yep. Where they uh, there was an aerial battle, and followed by the appearance of a large black triangular object, and then a large crash outside of the city. They said they. Witnessed. So where's the wreckage? Yeah, they observed. They said observed hundreds of spheres, supposedly. But yeah, they know no wreckage. What's up with that? Yeah, I mean, if if these ships, here's the thing, like. When a ship blows up or when a plane blows up or when something explodes, like yeah. there's wreckage, <laughs> you know, and if, yeah. if 
this is outside Nuremberg, Germany. So it's not like it's an unknown place, right? Mm-hmm. So where's the wreckage? Where's the metal in a museum? Where's, where's, where's the, where's the historicity of it? Yeah. Are you telling maybe the aliens, maybe the aliens came down and were super diligent about cleanup and also wiped up all the radiation and fuel and everything else that would have split open when an intergalactic spaceship exploded and crashed into the side of planet Earth. I'm with you. you I know, wish I had their cleanup crew. Oh my God. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, like, I need those guys in my life because, like, that's some super cleanup. But, like, we have, we have stone tablets from the pharaohs. Where's this? Where's a crashed ship from Nuremberg from 15, whatever? You know, when the, there's certain people that feel that, uh, like, a lot of the weird metals and stuff that the government will use with the planes and for uh, uh, whatever crazy things they want to do, that, like, these are materials that, like, alien materials. So I wonder if it's the, you know, it, like, that's why we don't see them is because they went in and took them. You know what I mean? And they're, so, they're still here, but we're just not, we're not allowed to see something like that. Well, maybe there's cloaking technology we don't know about. You know, yeah, like you know. Uh, Klingons. You know, they... so the the crashed ship outside Nuremberg has got a cloak on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. It was just large black triangular object. Is kind of how it appeared. But even back then, I mean, wouldn't you want to hang that up? Wouldn't that have to be like art from God or something? Would that be? Like... I would want that. Like if that crashed outside my fucking town, man. I all, like, and I it's the 15 whatever's uh, first of all, like I'm selling tickets yeah and you know we're gonna have a party and we're gonna write about it and there's gonna be a carnival and all sorts of other shit's gonna happen um and then the king's men are gonna show the king's gonna show up and the bishop's gonna show up and you know the pope is gonna get involved and there's gonna be all this stuff yeah you know there's gonna be a historical a trail of evidence. If you were going to take, but if you were going to take an infiltrator standpoint or some invasion of the body snatcher, you'd want that's kind of, you'd come in. Dude, if I wanted to take over planet earth, I'd throw a rock at it. (laughs) (laughs) Not even playing around. Like if I wanted to take over planet earth, if I was an alien looking out over planet earth and I was like, wow, um, let's start over. I throw a rock at it. <laughs> our our ability to view the night sky is significantly worse yeah. than people realize. I know because I do sky watching sometimes. So I'll just sit and I'll watch a radio telescope on my computer and I'll just like listen for incoming objects. Um, the fact that people like me are doing that, um, and like we can't see a fraction of the night sky. Yeah. Not only that, we're completely blind in the daytime. Right. So if I was going to take over planet Earth, I wouldn't do any of this lasers and spaceships. And no, I'd throw a rock at it, destroy it. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you waste resources on fighting a a, a mountain of fire ants that has nuclear weapons? I feel. <laughs> I feel an infiltration system. And I feel like with to go with the rock theory, I think would it be would it be better to start over? Or would it be better to throw that rock appear 
save them from said rock and have them do whatever you want them to do. Yeah, but I mean, what do you want? That's that's the end goal. We're trying to ascribe human goals they to. Want, they want our hands. They want to be able. To, uh, they've got to hands. Play make music for them. They've got hands. <laughs> you know, we're talking about aliens. They've they got want hands. Jay stand the man too. You know what I mean? Nobody, I, well, nobody can him without, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I would say we're, we're we're ascribing human motivations and and mo- and passions and reasons to yeah. an intelligence that has more than likely existed for an incredibly long period of time. Yeah. And their motivations and their goals are completely different than ours. They don't need to worry about probably pooping and peeing. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to worry about that. Uh, they don't have to worry about eating. Yeah. They don't have to worry about where their energy generation is coming from. And what that does is that frees up their brain to think about all sorts of other shit. Yeah. You know, so where our minds are constantly wrapped up in you know, the manipulation of our environment for material comfort. Yeah. That's what we're wrapped up in. We're talking about a species that maybe what their deal is, I've been thinking about like what the, the point of a universal simulation would be. Right. Yeah. And people, Oh, simulation means that we're being watched. No simulation means that you are an unfortunate byproduct of a much larger system that's running. Yeah. Machine. Yeah, so if the universe does happen to be a simulation, what are they simulating? Certainly not life on planet Earth because we're a fractional decimal point of a little thing on the arm of the Milky Way galaxy somewhere. So I think what they're probably studying is energy transfer through black holes because that's what we see in abundance in the universe. Mm. We see massive energy forming galaxies and black holes in the center of them. So perhaps... The species that we're involved, that's watching us, maybe we're just a byproduct, like a curiosity of this other scientific experiment that they're running. And that's the way, like, that to me is is far more plausible because it's just such a big fucking universe. And there's so much shit going on all of the time. Right now, our planet, for the last 10,000 years or so, has been traveling through this like radiation tail from a supernova. Mm. We just discovered that for the entirety of most of human civilization. We've been traveling through the the afterburn of a supernova and we're like, Oh yeah, we just figured this part out. How has that been fucking with us this whole time? (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe that's the reason why we exist because our planet was creating friction spinning through the universe, passing through this cloud of shit life springs up and the people who are running the experiment are like, ah, damn, that wasn't supposed to happen. Now we got to start over. Whatever. Who knows? But we, we can't ascribe human motivation to a fundamentally non-human entity. Yeah. Regardless of whether it's bipedal or not. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. Oh my Every God. time. Is that Mel- Dr. Malcolm that I hear? That's right. <laughs> Dr. Ian Malcolm. That's right. Yeah, I saw some. I, I found some fire Jurassic Park memes. Um, <laughs> and this guy was the one of them was how did it go? The guy was like, "Man, maybe the dinosaurs were never in their cage to begin with because society is just a much larger cage to begin with." Yeah, that sounds super smart. But by the way, like eighteen and nineteen dinosaurs are out. <laughs> <laughs> in Switzerland, you know. 
1566, celestial phenomena was over uh, Bezalel. A broadsheet published in 1566 depicted numerous spherical objects appearing out of the sun. So they come out of the sun. You know, there's a lot. They say if something was ever traveling towards us and it happened to be behind the sun or or you know blocked by for for a time being, it could be a big problem for us. So. Uh, oh, yeah. The best way to approach, I think, even for a craft, would probably be the same the same route. From oh yeah, <laughs> that's the same. You cut somebody from their blind side. Yeah, we got. I just hope it's the other side of the planet. Yeah, the other side, the dark side of the, the moon. Uh, hey man, it's all dark. <laughs> well, on uh, September twenty second. In 1609, multiple witnesses reported seeing UFO in, oh my goodness, Wanju Gagnong, uh, or Chunchian County. Looks like a halo or a washbowl, and it divided into two. You know, back in this day, you know, I know it's, it's weird. You know, going, the technology element to this blows my mind especially this far back, you know what I mean? Like it's holy fuck. Like if that's what this was, was some, a craft that came down this long ago and yeah. fucking form into two and come back together. Like, if that like, was, like, yeah, madness. Like it's, it's insane because that, that's a, that's a being that has completely different worries than we do. You know, I'd like to equate it to back in the day before there was running water. Yeah. Right. So if you'd wanted water, you got to go out to the well, draw water from the well. 365 days a year. Wind, snow, rain, sleet, sunshine, don't matter. There could be bears, there could be snakes, there could be any number of different things on the way to that well. And you have to think about every single one of those things. Your brain is occupied by just getting to the well. You can't even see the rest of the world around you for what it actually is. Yeah. So once you remove all that shit, that need to get to the well to survive on a day-to-day basis, your brain opens up. You can think about other shit. Like, how to fold space and travel through wormholes. <laughs> Open up that third eye. Yeah, okay, just imagine a species that evolved on a planet that's actually perfectly suited to it. That doesn't need to struggle to survive every day of the week. Mm. You know, if you evolved on that kind of a planet where you could just be and think and be like, hey, man, this would probably work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I imagine you come up with all sorts of shit, especially if you were closer to the beginning of the universe than everybody else. Mm. Yeah, I mean, talk about the machine that we're all we're all working for, you know what I mean? When, when, when humanity first became a thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was uh, it, the plan. The plan wasn't for you to. You weren't. You weren't created to go work, work all week to pay your bills. You know, you were, there. There was a bigger purpose for humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah, own religion played a big part in giving us that. And there was manifest destiny in the United States, and that's the corporate Yeah, you know, but but it's that thing. We humans need that drive. Humans need something to drive forwards towards, and which is why I think perfect personally. In my opinion, if I, I hope that if we are being observed by an intelligent life, they're trying to bring us into the fold. You know, that's my ideal scenario, is that they're benevolent, 
They've observed us and we have something to offer because it's a big fucking universe and there's lots of places to explore. And so maybe we're just being brought into the fold very slowly because we are panicky animals, but we're really dexterous. We can survive in a wide variety of environments. Quite frankly, every bit of the human being is, is dangerous to some degree or another. True. You know, we're, we're basically space orcs. Emotional. Very yeah, you emotional. Could, you could blow off a human's arm and he'll keep going. Yeah. You could wrap him in the head a bunch of times and he'll get right back up. Hell, man, you could shoot a human in the chest a couple of times and he'll still come at you. Even in the head, you could take a couple shots to the head and keep going. Yeah, like, man. Right like caliber. A, right caliber. Yeah, so the way I look at it is hopefully it's a big universe that needs exploring. And that's what these beings are dedicated to. Because maybe they can't do it all themselves because it is an ever expanding universe. Maybe it's just like, hey, guys, we would like to bring you into the fold to go check out all this other shit. Yeah. That's a dream, though. Like, that's obviously not what's going to happen. But a man can dream. A man can dream. The first mention of UFOs in Slovakia is from 1668. From the Lavoka Towns Chronicles, where the chronicler described a silver lizard flying in the sky. Now, I wanted to bring that up because it described it as a silver lizard flying in the sky. Um, the horrifying imagery, that's like scary to even think about, I feel. But I think it's more of, you know, what you know. It's the shapes you know. What, you know, I, I'd love to actually know, like see a picture of what uh, was drawn or whatever. That'd be cool. Flying lizard in the sky, man. Like, is it like a newt? Was it a newt? Yeah, that's not that scary. <laughs> Fair and loathing in Slovakia. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's that is. If it was a dragon, you know, once again, if it was a dragon, stays a dragon. Yeah. I but, prefer the dragon. I don't know, flying lizard in the sky. I prefer I, a dragon. Absolutely. Because at least then he's just tripping oh yeah well that's the way to do it uh, we got um, uh, in Japan on February 22nd in 1803 local fishermen reportedly saw a vessel drifting in close by waters they say when they investigated it a beautiful young woman they described as having red and white hair and dressed in strange clothes appeared the fisherman claimed that she held a square box that no one was allowed to touch, and she spoke to them in a language they never heard before. Some UFO believers think this story was a credible document of a close encounter of the third kind in Japan. Uh, what do you guys think about that one? It's funny. I, I was actually just reading on this one just the other day. Um, it's a There are three accounts that were written, um, but they seem to be missing some really key details yeah. like the actual accounts um list specific people as being um in charge or being part of specific clans and when you go back and look at the historical record none of that stuff's accurate it seems to originate from an older story um in southeast southwestern japan um that was about a child being found in a cast off round boat or something. Yeah. Um, 
And the first thing I thought of was, well, that's the Moses story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's the, it's the exact same story. So what you saw, what there was people traveling along the Silk Road, trading stories. One of them stuck because it's an interesting story, you know, royalty displaced, cast adrift. You know, there's a lot of different great elements to it. And the Japanese are amazing storytellers. So it doesn't surprise me that it's stuck. And then over the years, it just gets handed down, changed per the area. You know? Mm -hmm. But I think it's, uh, I don't think that one's actually a real thing. Sounds kind of folklorish a little bit, like a maiden of the sea. It does. It really does. Which kind of that's a whole different question. Bring that, bring that with that paranormal weird deal into the the aspect of that. I think it's everything, man. I think there's ghosts. I think there's. I think it's all of it. It's either all or nothing. That's the way I look at it. It's either all happening at once or none of it is. Yeah. No, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I believe in it all too. Sea creatures are, you know. I was talking to somebody recently about sea creatures, and it was like, you know. The, re- the only reason why sea creatures isn't, isn't like my, the worst the way I could think of dying is a tidal wave. Tidal waves really creep me out for some reason. Uh, but I was like, the only reason why sea creature isn't on that list is because we don't have to deal with no sea creatures. Like there's no reality to it. But mm-hmm. imagine, imagine being in the middle of the ocean. It's pitch dark out, fucking pouring rain, cold as shit. But you, but not a completely pitch dark, uh, just light enough for you to see this fucking behemoth in front of your boat uh, with tentacles and shit. I can't think of anything more horrifying. That's yeah, fucking fuck that. bananas. That sounds awful. That boat's like, eventually going in the water. You go in the water, sea creature in the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, that. man, like that. They that's where they live. They say shark infested waters. I I hear you mean their home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, you, know, you know, like, there's so many things we don't know that's in that ocean, too, which is crazy. Oh, it's so deep and dark and full of death. And it's yeah. just, ugh. ugh. No, I don't go in the ocean. Troublesome. No, fuck all that shit. That's where, that's where people die. <laughs> I got no time for that. I can't. My cousins go out. They have a boat. They go out and they go, like, they'll go out in the middle of the ocean, jump off the boat and swim around. You couldn't pay me to nope. fucking jump into that water. Fuck that. Nope. Never. Nope. Big old, big old bag of nope. <laughs> I got Alex. no time for that. <laughs> Alex, how you feel about going swimming in the fucking middle of the ocean? Oh, come on, dude. You know exactly how I feel about that. We had this discussion, <laughs> man. I I've never seen you in a pool. Dude, dude, I remember being a, a young kid going into a pool and, and it, my mind playing tricks on me that, you know, there's like a shock, like shadow behind me as I'm swimming, you know, it's. That's funny you say that because I I thought I was the only one, even in a, even in a pool, when I dive into the deep end, the worry was still in my head that I was going to get attacked by a shark. That's how much sharks are feared by people. It's crazy, isn't it? That's that deep reptile brain. Yeah. You know, like that's that. like, oh, wait a minute, deep water. I'm a reptile. I don't belong out here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that's that that moment of worry where you're like, wait a second. (laughs) 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 No, I got no time for any of that. I I saw there were sharks off Cape Cod and up in Maine. I'm like, hey, 
guess where I'm not going. Yeah. Anywhere near that. And, uh, I'm with you. It's their territory. We shouldn't be in there, you know. Yeah, man. Like, you don't see them coming up here and, like, with scuba gear on, do you? Eli Roth, <laughs> just did a, Eli Roth just did a really cool documentary on sharks trying to save them. Mm. But back back to the aliens. We'll try and yes. some aliens. <laughs> on August 12th, 1883, the astronomer Jose Vanilla reported that he saw more than 300 dark, unidentified objects crossing the sun disk while observing a sunspot activity. He was able to take several photographs exposing wet plates uh, at 1 100th a second. It was sub- subsequently determined that the objects were high-flying geese. So that, yeah, there you go. That one X'd itself out. Or did it? High-flying geese. <laughs> it's swamp they, gas. Yeah, they blamed the geese <laughs> for the Wizard of Oz uh uh, hanging with the munchkin as well, I believe. Yeah, this is like uh, the geese, high flying geese. The geese are taking over the world. Geese get a bad rap. <laughs> that you were photographing. Yeah. That you were photographing at one one hundredth of a second. It was the geese. Nah, that one sounds like that's a that's that's like that's a weak cover story, even for back then. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, like you know, if if their ships are powered off of just. Dyson sphere technology harvesting energy directly from the sun. Mm. You know, we might not be a bad gas station. Yeah. And they use geese to gas up their ships. <laughs> yeah, they use geese to hide. Yeah. And well, the, the geese might actually be the aliens. I mean, we don't know I what don't the geese look like. Maybe they all look like geese. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> Want to hear something more terrifying? In 1896 and 1897, numerous reports of UFO sightings and attempted abductions that took place around the United States in a two-year period. Now, the terrifying thing about that is the attempted abductions, because I feel like that's almost more creepier than an actual abduction, because I picture, you picture the alien outside of the spacecraft, like, trying to lure it in, like, some pedophile or something, you know what I mean? Like, some crazy... Hey, 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 I got some candy inside my spaceship! (laughs) Dude, that's funny as fuck, though. Could you imagine, like, aliens trying to figure out the best way to abduct humans? McDonald's. <laughs> you know, but like for for hundreds of, for like a hundred years, they're like, well, do we just do we just show up and ask him to come? No, I don't know if that's no way. It's just like running through all the different abduction attempts until they finally were like, no, we just have to fuck with their brains so they don't remember anything. <laughs> well, the, the coming thing is what I think it is to go back to that sea maiden. That'd be their best way to uh, try and make contact, probably. It's coming as a beautiful woman or, or a handsome oh, man, yeah. depending on who you were dealing with. No, no, oh, yeah. beautiful woman works on both sexes. <laughs> it's true. You're not wrong. We also have uh, a tale of a UFO crash and burial uh, of its alien pilot in a local cemetery was sent to newspapers in Dallas and Fort Worth in April of 1897. If yeah, that one's an interesting in, one. Yeah, if it's very like that, that, that that's been dug up. If, if that's been, if that was ever reality, you know what I mean. I don't think they'd ever bury it to begin with. Uh, they did apparently. They 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 found really? that, that there was. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he was a survivor, if there was, or if they found him outside the ship. But apparently, they found someone outside the craft, yeah. um, and they decided to give him a Christian burial 
because they were good Christian folks. Uh, people have come to the town since to try and dig it up, if I'm not mistaken. They haven't let anybody do it. Uh, we're going to go dig it up. Good luck. Yo, there's a weird thing. If, if, if that alien's got a, uh, got a wild belief or whatever, like something people, some people would think Christianity is, but if it has like a, a different belief, you bearing it Christian style would be, that'd create a ruckus in, in the forest somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but exhuming the body might create more of a ruckus. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're not actually going to do it. I know, but I'm just like, but it's once again, it's a funny story. It is. You know, these guys find out there's an alien buried someplace. They go dig it up, and, and that creates the incident. They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, that'd be a good flick. That's funny. Hey, we're just workshopping all sorts of fun alien alien movie ideas tonight. <laughs> gotta be careful. We're gonna we'll turn on the TV. though Hollywood will be making them. Oh my god, dude! You're not fucking playing. I wish I had a dollar for every time I turned around. Hollywood made an idea of mine into a movie. Honestly, Hollywood's yeah. got ears everywhere. I'm sure they're listening to us right now. More than likely, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yep. The mouse has mighty big ears. He does. You got an alien pilot that they find dead. This is weird. The whole deal, the local correspondent. Yeah, that's that. That one seems a little. I don't think if it was real, it'd be it'd be so out in the open. That'd be. I don't know. I, the, I don't know. Maybe. Who even knows? Let's go dig them up. See what happens. <laughs> you first, man. You first. I don't feel like uh, tempting fate with an extraterrestrial. Uh, being of any kind, <laughs> I feel like it'd be what you know. They'd be they'd be wanting to do tests on that thing. Who knows what happens when it dies? It, like when it when it decays, it can send it could it could put off something that it was toxic. You know what I mean? There's a lot. Of, I feel there's a lot of unexplainable things about it. So like, you really be have to be delicate about it. Oh yeah, like that. It's crazy. Well, you don't want to just go out there with a spade and start digging. Right. New Zealand. Oh, you guys ever see Bad Taste? No. Uh, the first ever Peter Jackson film. It's like a horror alien gore. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're bringing it back to New Zealand for Peter Jackson. Peter J., this one's for you. Strange moving lights and some solid bodies in the sky were seen around... Otago and elsewhere in New Zealand. They, uh, they were reported in the newspapers. Now, bringing it up in the newspapers is always interesting. You think that they, you know, it doesn't always mean it's a fact, as we know, but what do you think? You think they're leaning more towards selling papers for entertainment value? I mean, it, that would be a big seller, I feel. Or Probably, reality. yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's always a gamble. I mean, it's it's sensational. You want to get the word out. It's 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 hard to say. Yeah, it's interesting. But you know, it's an interesting case. It's true. Foo Fighters, nineteen forties. We had the Foo Fighters over World War Two theaters. A small metallic sphere mm-hmm. and colorful balls of light uh, of light repeatedly spotted and occasionally photographed worldwide by bomber crews during World War Two. Interesting. Yeah, those are the uh, those are the things that uh, Churchill and uh, Eisenhower allegedly met over, and uh, decided that it'd be best to just keep it quiet. 
Mm. Well, I mean, come on. We're in the middle of a war. Don't need to add, you know, aliens on, on the docket also. What, what, what it says there? Oh, yeah. No, I is it like like entertainment theaters, like a movie house or a play, like a playhouse? <laughs> no, no, no. Theaters are like uh, referred to as like uh, areas where the war is taking place, like the Pacific Theater or the okay. European Theater. All right, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say it was William William Castle's best work. If that was yeah. The case. I was trying to set up a joke, but I. It, it, it's, right. it's okay, dude. It's okay. You can't get them all, Hawk. You can't get them all. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that was my fault. I didn't know what I was talking about. I was going in the territory. I, I was setting up a joke with what I thought I knew what I was talking about, but I didn't. <laughs> no worries. Oh, it happens. No worries. It happens. First responders and Baptist minister allegedly view crashed spacecraft in bodies. This was published in 1991 based on the minister's surviving grandchild. Now, that's an interesting one, because, like, whenever you mash up, I always take note when it's religious people speaking on it, because everything else that they represent in life is, you know, it's like, it doesn't go with that, you know? They're not in their Bible, you know what I mean? It's it's a, it's a whole different part that they don't want to, like, they don't want to address it. So whenever I see that, I kind of give a little more credibility to it, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, it was so it's back in 1991. Yeah. It's the granddaughter or grandchild relating an account that would have happened some years earlier. It happened in 41, but it was, it was, publi- it was published in 91. Uh, where in 41? When in 41? Uh, Missouri. Gabe Guardo, huh. Missouri. Cape Guardo, Missouri. I've actually Baptist, never heard of that one. Yeah, Baptist minister and the grandchild later spilled the beans. So it was passed down. Hmm. I'm, I mean, come on, you have to look at it this way. Not a lot of stuff happens in Missouri. So they had to, they, they had to talk about something. <laughs> Possible. That's true. You have the, the famous... Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, that's... Never sought fame, never talked about it outside of the family. Yeah. Could be legit. The famous Battle of Los Angeles, 1942, uh, where the unidentified aerial objects trigger the firing of thousands of anti-aircraft rounds and raise the wartime alert status. That one's wild. Yeah. Uh, some people who say it was a balloon, I'm like, you guys... Threw up thousands of rounds at that thing. Yeah, it was a big balloon. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple coast ones where, like, they went to battle with them almost, and there was a bunch of them. It's very within like a bunch of yeah. seen it happen. That was very weird. I'm surprised those aren't talked about more. Those are like, yeah, I mean, you get a whole bunch of people telling you, and they're all telling you the same deal in a situation like that. That's just like the magnitude of what was going on with the battle is like, wow, what? What? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of cognitive dissonance. Yeah. In 1946, we had the ghost rockets, um, mostly in Scandinavia, but also other European countries. Numerous UFO sightings were reported over Scandinavia, causing the Swedish defense staff to express concern. Everybody gets a piece. You know what I mean? 
I think that, that was later explained as Russian test rockets. Would make sense, yeah. Let's see here. Alien passengers. Oh my goodness, in Sweden. Gosta Carlson reports seeing a flying saucer and its alien passengers. Model of it is now erected at the site. The case was publicly reported in 1995. 90s was a big time for uh, beans spilling. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So blowing. It well, really you're was, getting into the, the cusp of new technology and new age. It, it was like the last of the dangerous times to be talking about this. Yeah, for real, though. Back to the United States. The Maury Island incident. 1947, uh, Harold A. Dahl reported that his dog was killed and his son was injured by debris in an encounter with four to six flying donut-shaped objects. He also claimed that the witness was uh, subsequently threatened by the men in black. The case was first reported to Kenneth Arnold in mid-July, about three weeks after it allegedly took place. The dog being killed, I mean, adds a little bit to it. I mean, the whole thing could be, you know, fabrication. But the, I wonder what how, how how injured the kid was and how it actually happened. If it was like a crash on them, or they got they tried to go investigate and got, like, yeah, or is it like donut shaped objects that were like actually the size of donuts flying at them? Like, yeah. like well, what? Like, there's there's a lot of interpretation that could be left there. I, um, I I think we have to talk to the men in black themselves. I think we have to call up Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Will Smith on this one. This oh, yeah, get, one. get Tommy Lee and Will on the line. Huck, yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're See, listening now. The dog is actually the uh, the dog, uh, what was it, Frank and, and men in black? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what that is. No, I think what you've got there is you've got a case of child abuse. Um, That's what I think you've got. I think the guy killed his dog and beat his kid and blamed it on fucking aliens. That scumbag shit. Yeah. Cool. Because let's face it, like, no one's going to believe you're out for the day with your dog and your kid. Yeah. And, like, all of a sudden the dog winds up dead and your kid's fucking hurt. That's, you know, we call it, that's sus. That's it sus is, as fuck. It's crazy. Like, like come on. It was the aliens that did it. Donut-shaped UFOs that hurt my kid and killed my dog. Yeah. Really? That's true. Really? No, I think you killed the dog, and I think you beat your kid. Mm. I think you're a piece of shit. That's what I think. But that's just me. That's my gut. That's my, like... That's my gut on that one. <laughs> and he got away with it, you know what I mean? Whether it's a little friendly with the people and the, 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 the town, the town, small town police friendly with it. I mean, you go back yeah, to... Yeah, who even knows? Yeah. The witch trials. Maybe I mean, he's a town drunk enough. There you go. And the, I mean, you take it, if you think that p- things like that don't matter, you know, you go back to the witch trials, if you will, and just getting pointed out as a witch that kill you. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. The beliefs and things will uh, be all right. Men in Black thing's an interesting take on it showing up. I don't know if this, if, if we were to take it as truth, you know, like an alien encounter, uh, it's a weird deal. It's a weird deal. You know, the kid, the dog being killed. My guess is the dog got killed protecting the kid. If it was, that was the deal. And the kid tried to just got kind of running away, got all banged up. 
But six flying donuts yeah. and objects, you'd think that with the technology of that, you'd think they'd be able to finish the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had put a hit out. The, the, I think the father was a abusive father, but he put a hit out on the son. He paid the aliens to kill the kid. Absolutely. But they fucked up. They didn't have enough bullets sure in the gun. Amateur He's, mistake. See, yeah. that's what happens when you ha- hire intergalactic uh, bounty hunters. Bounty hunters, yeah. Yeah. Always. always hire local. <laughs> yeah, always <laughs> hire local. Keep it in America. I want American so intergalactic bounty hunters. Heck yeah. They look like Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> oh, my more, God. more eyeballs. Yeah. We also, in 1947, in Washington, mostly Washington, uh, several UFO sightings reported... Uh, but that was very uneventful. I should have so, so, that so that's when we got all the politicians we have now? Yeah, but <laughs> that was leading into of what we all know to be the big Roswell incident. You know what I mean? That happened right before it. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was and, the uh, test run. That's right. United States Army Air Force has announced the capture of a flying saucer. Hours later, the Army announced that it was just a crash weather balloon. Uh, in 1978, the case regained attention after Army officer Jesse Marcel told UFO researchers the weather balloon explanation was a cover story. And he probably got killed off, too. No I don't like talking about that. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Roswell's, Roswell's an interesting case, but. Yeah, green. So much. Yeah. It's like the Amityville horror. Mm, so big. Yeah, Roswell's become like the Amityville horror, where you can throw anything in it, and it'll be okay. Yeah, it's it's the Rocky Horror Roswell show. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna pop into the, the more modern, more modern times. We got a bunch of United States stuff here. Farmer took pictures of a uh, uh, purported flying saucer that were the first claimed photographs. You know that so was the first time in 1950. Eh? Interesting. Interesting. We got a great the Great Falls Pro baseball team took color film of two UFOs flying over Great Falls. The film was extensively analyzed by the U.S. Air Force and several independent investigators. So I guess they proved it to be somewhat real. At least as much as they know. Yeah, I mean, it's... That's the thing about investigating video. Like, you're going to watch it and be like, yep, it's not one of ours. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's like the biggest thing out of the whole UAP report from Congress is that they said that it's not ours, which was one of the big questions was like, well, is this a black book? government thing like no it's not we don't have that stuff um so oh pardon me um yeah I mean, it's it's tough because you're gonna go out what are you gonna do you're gonna look at the scene yeah the scene's a baseball field you know the earth not the earth's not even in the same place anymore you know the earth has moved around the sun since then so you're looking at a completely different patch of night sky um what are you looking for? You're hoping for a recreation of those events? That shit going to show up again? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you actually investigate something like that? 
you know, one of the things that I find far to be far more compelling is the, the collation of data of, you know, like, where are these things seen? When are they seen? What's the frequency, pardon me, that they're traveling over these areas? You know, because if we can figure that out, we can figure out, one, where they're coming from, two, where they're going, three, why are they here? If we can figure out those three, the first two things, the third thing will answer itself. You know, it could be they don't even give a shit about us. It's true. You know, it could be just that all the stories of humans working with aliens are just that stories, stories invented by the government over time to give them cover for something they didn't understand. Yeah. Um, I find that to be far more plausible. And it's still a conspiracy. It's just not, you know, the sexy conspiracy that everybody wanted. Um, it's more of a conspiracy of ignorance than anything. Yeah. Now they see a lot of these, but, they got a, they got a lot of flashing lights on these things. And uh, like the multicolors and stuff. And even the one I seen, but like I, I what do you guys think? You think it's more? You think that's more of like a government thing that they made? I mean, why would an alien craft have flashing lights of multiple colors? Must have played into the, the somehow played into the science of getting around unseen. I don't know. Oh, I don't even know, man. Like, know. like, why did why did why did somebody paint their car orange? Be different. Be a wild, open you know. Maybe, maybe they dislike the color. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I know I like to decorate my shit. <laughs> of course, uh, we just yeah, we're we're so curious about every aspect of it. We can't help but be like, well, what's every little bit of it mean? It's true. You know. <laughs> We got a whole bunch of things here, but I think we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up because we've been going for two hours. <laughs> oh shit! We could always return for a part dose later in the future. You know what I mean? Oh sure, absolutely. That, this was a lot of fun, Ethan. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. You know this is great. No, it's always nice to be able to just sit down and hash it out. You know, because we're not, none of us are you know super wrapped up in it, so nobody's getting their feelings hurt. Yeah. And we're just talking. And it's just, it's a free of exchange of ideas, which you don't get enough of these days. So it's very nice. I really enjoyed this. Thanks very much. Thank you, sir. It's, hey, it's anytime. It's fun and interesting stuff. You know, it's, it, I'll say this the, the, like the label of conspiracy is like, it's kind of a burden. You know what I mean? We we use truth or kind of more discussion type because I mean there yeah there's a lot of people that get crazy and wild and argumentative and all that and we're just kind of like we take we we take it in we kind of play the devil's advocate a little bit on it the yin and the yang both sides of it and kind of get a vibe. I mean this is a vibe you know UFOs and alien is something people have been trying to vibe out forever forever. Oh yeah. So we ain't going to finish the episode, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. If you could, then it would be done already. Um, <laughs> but it was... But no, though, I look at it, I'm not so much a conspiracy theorist as I'm a researcher. Yeah. You know, I'm a searcher. I'm, I'm, I'm out there to try and find the answers regardless of where it leads me. And that's 
where I think a lot of people get concerned with conspiracy theorists because, you know, they're looking for information that confirms their hypothesis. That's not how you're supposed to do it. You know, you're supposed to have a hypothesis and then find information. What happens is what happens, you know? And so I think a lot of people see that and they're like, oh God, you're just look, you have, you're just looking to confirm your own conspiracy. So I look at myself far more as a researcher. And I think if we want to be taken seriously going forward, that's how we have to become. That's what we have to become. We need to step out of that conspiracy shadow and make ourselves more legitimate. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah. It'll uh, destigmatize it for us. Yeah. I think open discussion does that. that, that that's discussion's key. Maybe our one of our other most delicate fa- resources, valuable <laughs> right? resources, our, our, our sense of discussion to go back and forth. We're kind of losing it, which is scary. The people very they don't like to discuss. They like to if everybody thinks they're right and they you know their way of the highway type deal and you know discussion is huge. Uh, it is to keep society going. Discussion is discussion and communication is the most important element to society. Being out of the loop with each with the, with each other uh, is problematic in many ways. If you think about it, you'll understand. You know you aren't wrong, sir. You aren't wrong. As we all understand here today. So, we bid you adieu. We'll, we'll catch all y'all, all y'all out there listening, diving deeper, as we always say. You know, I think you'll, there's so, there's so many good stories. Like I said, we're going to return for another episode of it, but there's so many crazy and fun and interesting and entertaining stories out there uh, to dive into uh, and do so. So, with that being said, Ethan, you want to tell anybody where they can, what you got coming up or where they can reach you or anything like oh, that? Yeah, absolutely. You can always reach me on my, all my regular socials. Um, the Ethan Rogers on Instagram, the Ethan Rogers on Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter all that much. Um, Ethan Rogers on Facebook. As far as the big thing I've got going on right now, Black Vulture, baby. Uh, yeah. Black Vulture. Uh, the world premiere is coming up September 18th. Um, get your tickets now. We're going to be down at uh, Millbrook. Oh, I feel terrible not knowing exactly where the show is, but it's on Foxborough. Facebook. I think it's in Foxborough, isn't it? I could be wrong. No, we, that was where the first one was. That was like the, uh, the private premiere. This is the world premiere. It's the okay. same place that Stray had their premiere. Um, oh, okay. In, in Worcester. Yeah. Um, so get your tickets online. Come out, support it. Show your love. Meet people. It's going to be a hell of a good time. Um, I can't wait for everybody to see it. Uh, I may, uh, a little birdie told me that it was fantastic. Uh, you're too kind, sir. You are too you know kind. I mean? An alien, an alien came do. down and told me from his spaceship, from a spaceship. I see it on the side on a spaceship. They brought me in <laughs> and I watched it and they were like, check this shit out. Very good stuff. It's glorious. Yes. <laughs> Alex, what do you got coming up, buddy? Anything you want to mention before we pop out? Um, uh, just that I am uh, part of a uh, period piece uh, called Playland that uh, we're going to start filming on, uh, not next week, but the week after. Um, I have a small part. I play a 1940s line cook. Um, it's actually about a... 
actually a gay bar back in the 1940s. Nice. And well, that's how that we went. That's where we stopped today, too, at the 40s. That's very yeah. crazy. That's 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 eerie. I'm creeped out by <laughs> that, dude. Now, shit. Synchronicities. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's what's coming up. Um, that's about all I can really say about that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to be shooting um, in about two weeks. And uh, I'm psyched about it. Fuck yeah. Any, uh, uh-huh. any alien life and human life and reptilian life out there that enjoyed this show, I say go listen to more shows where you heard this one. Check out social medias. We got the Boombastic Media YouTube page, and we have Boombastic Streaming on Patreon for anybody that wants to dive in deeper. I mean, uh, so we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Behold a Pale Podcast. First of all, the government knew all about it. They didn't tell anybody. Uh, when I saw green beret and black beret people encamped inside of our geologist camp i knew something was up the gig was up first of all i knew all about the alien agenda i'll explain that in a few minutes the large alien greys had been encamped there for as best as believed possible about four or five hundred years had been one of their internal bases and we we drilled holes right on top of it all the stinking air, all the black sooty air came right out as soon as one of the first hole was sunk and all this soot came up and well that's when it all all the hail broke loose really, all started. Anyway, after we drilled all four holes, it took about a, two days to drill all four of them. And when you build a underground base, you drill four basic holes and then you build you know, called stopes or cross member holes across and then you bla- use blasting equipment and special blasting equipment by the analyzation of the rock formation and you literally blast out or tunnel out or or deflagrate or melt rock out to build the large rooms that are required for this underground base well in this process i was lowered down the basket of one of these holes and about from me to this elderly woman here in the front was sitting a seven foot tall alien gray the stench was worse than the worst garbage can you can imagine uh the person was at or the entity was absolutely horrible i didn't waste any time to reach for my pistol at that time as an engineer i didn't have time to carry all the folder all one of these big submachine guns at all the sea spray and the yellow fruit and all the uh outer perimeter and inner perimeter security people carried i carried old walter ppk pistol with a nine shot clip this is in late August of 1979. Now, you got a regular suit of clothes. You got a regular clothes on. Plus, you're in a almost like a spacesuit environment, and you're reaching for a gun. It's it's not the easiest thing to do, and then to pop a clip in it and start shooting. And I killed two of them. Yes, they're mortal, and they do die. However. In the process, uh, one of them did this. I re- all I remember is that he just kind of waved his hand in front of his chest, and the next thing I know, this blue beam hit me and just literally opened me up like a fish. And every- uh, burnt, burnt my fingers right off of me, and it was some form of electrical force because the 
kind of like hit, being hit by a lightning bolt, burned all my toenails off of me. Uh, completely crispy crittered my left foot. Burnt the shoe right off of me. Um, all I remember is the smoking remains, and I'm laying almost, I'm still conscious, but in and out of, I didn't remember much. And there was a, a green beret that was right behind me that risked his life. In fact, he died. But he risked his life. He shoved me back in the batch and hit the button and took me up. And I wouldn't be alive talking to you today if it wasn't for him. I'm forever indebted. He lost his life. 66 Secret Service agents, Green Berets, Black Berets, crack troops lost their lives because the government, our United States government, lied, did not tell us anything about the alien threat. There's a war underneath there, and I'm talking dead serious. It's been going on since that time. Since late August of 1979, our military, the Russian military, basically the militaries of the world, have been in constant conflict with the outer space alien. The, the small gray, the large gray, the reptilians, the whole thing. There are 11, there are 11 distinct races of aliens. Two are benevolent. One had to leave here in a hurry because their world is under attack, both on the surface as well as underground there, the Pleiadesians. There may be some of you are familiar with that 